0: You're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to abidechurchfl.com and enjoy today's message. When we first came here um, to this community, we had no idea. I mean, we just just came. And um, some of you know the story, some of you don't, but we just came because God said, and that's kind of been the story of our life. Sometimes, you know, you, you, it's easy to look around and see the way people worship. But I just, I feel like I don't have a choice. Like, uh, from what he brought me from, right? Like, from the addiction and the anger. And I think at any measure in your life, you could identify with this. You can look back at your life and see how far God has brought you, even though you haven't arrived. You know what I mean? You can see how far he's brought you. And there was a moment today in worship where all of the voices stopped and there was it, all of the music stopped and it was just voices and people were were ador you guys were singing to him and I thought in myself, this is why I'm alive. Yeah. Like this is what I'm alive, this is what I'm on this planet for, and I just wanna thank you. You know, I just I just wanna thank you. You know, we have oh I'm a mess. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Martha had a a vision this morning, uh, maybe it was a couple days ago, and she said, I saw the people of the church, and she said, I saw a rain coming. Listen, it should not be strange for the people in the church to be receiving visions and dreams. We should have more. This is not strange. She had a vision of rain coming upon God's people, and she said, as the rain hit God's people, the scales began to fall off, and there was a refreshment. And I feel that's what God's doing in our body right now. How many of you can use some washing off of the old? Come on, man. God will not allow you to enter into new with the old. All through Exodus, you you read that story, you see you cannot step into new with old. And what was happening today was so significant, I feel, for our body because there are all kinds of things grabbing our attention, but, but we have set our face to this one thing, to seek the Lord with everything that we have. That he would be only, not Jesus plus or Jesus and, but that he would be only. And until the moment we feel that he has been properly glorified, we don't move on. Just won't stop. We just won't stop because he is everything. And so we came here, we came here two years ago, over two years ago now with a dream. And it was a very simple dream. Can we, could we be a part of a church that would just love Jesus well? That was the only thing we wanted to do. Like it was never about having a lot of people. Those of you who are in our leadership, you ask them. It's never, we don't center around trying to get more people into seats. Our conversation center around how can we help people love Jesus better. Because people who are on fire for Jesus attract people. They really attract people. People who are sincere and with everything that they do, there's something about that, that passionate fire, that zeal that attracts. And we've seen God do this work. And some of you guys saw on, on Facebook that we had an announcement. Babe, you can come up here if you want. Um, we had an announcement, and we've, we feel like it's time for our family to grow. Um, you look around all through the summer, our, our sanctuary has been packed, and we, we're thankful that it's the Lord. If you know us, you know we don't do an ounce of promotion. How many of you know? Because the Lord said you could do it your way or you could do it my way. How many of you know his way is a better way? Yes. It's not a trick test. It is a better way. And so we had been praying, God, like, what, when is the timing? How do we, what do we do? We, we want to honor you with everything. And about a week ago, I felt a release, God saying, it's time to expand your territory. Now, listen, before God blesses you, you have to expand yourself. Very rarely do you expand when the blessing comes, God is looking for people that would take steps of faith and expand themselves. So we've, we've had this mantra through the whole series. And I didn't even know this was going to happen where we have said, when we make space, God invades that space. And we feel that it's time. How many of you have been blessed by abide all around? We feel that it's time for us to make room for more people to experience Jesus. And so we we, we spoke to our leadership team, and and, and here's the awesome news, man. Starting in September, September 15th, we're going to be going to two services on Sunday mornings. There, there, There are all kinds of questions, you know, why, what's the point? Like, listen, our children's facilities maxed out. We want to be able to disciple your kids, number one. They're super-duper important to us. We want to be able to give them attention. And this church was not built upon hype or upon personality. It was built upon intentionality with relationships. We're intentional and we're real with relationships, and we want to connect with people. And the most we want to do is connect with Jesus. And so we're super excited about God has told us we have to grow smaller, and so we're going to expand and listen. Every open seat that we have right now, which aren't many, as we continue in September, there's going to be more open seats. And for us, open seats are opportunities. Yes. Yes. Every open seat, we don't look at open seats like, oh my gosh, no. Every open seat is an opportunity for somebody to encounter Jesus in a real way. And that's why we are alive. So understand, nothing changes. The only thing that changes for me is I get to worship Jesus two more hours. <laughs> that's it. That's it. And we will continue. So people are like, well, what happens if, like, God shows up at 9 o'clock and it's 11 o'clock? I'm like, that's a dream come true. (laughs) I'm like, we don't have to worship 40 minutes. If we are going, I just want to be clear. If it is 9, if it's 1045 and it's time for second service, we're just going to start worshiping again. And we're just going to continue on in the chaos. So nothing changes. Our message is Jesus. And I'm looking forward to the opportunity to connect with people like we used to. How many of you were here when we were 30 people? There was a lot, yeah, there was was 30 of you. Like, there was a lot of you. There was a lot of you now. So we're super excited. Did you want to say anything? No. No, she just, she just, just to look pretty. Yeah. So, so can you pray with us? Like, pray with us for real, because we believe that I'm not nervous about this We started here with 10 people I want to show you I have some pictures of when we first started I just want to honor like where God has brought us from Can you put those pictures up? This is when we first came here This is our church yeah. Our first Sunday There's my message I used to preach like 22 pages of messages But anyways You can go to the next one This is where we came from man And I just want to say We had the most amazing If you're here and you were here when I first came here Can you just stand right now? Yeah come on Carol, Mike, Nancy the... Who else? Alan in the back. Can you just honor them right now? Come on. So these people looked at like a super green 20-something-year-old, and they were like, yeah, we'll give him a shot, you know. <laughs> and I just came, and I'm like, I'm alive for revival. And, and they're like, oh, my gosh. Like, he's passionate. <laughs> and we've seen God do a work. Look around you. We've seen God do a work, but I just I feel in my heart the, the voice of the Lord saying, you haven't seen anything yet. Exactly. Yeah. It's not about numbers. It's not about numbers. What I see, you know what I'm most excited about in this next season? I'm just going to be honest with you, just so you know. I'm getting into my time. Um, we're going to open up a men's home. Yeah. And we're going to take men out of prison. And they're going to come spend nine months with us. And we're going to preach the gospel to them. Yeah. And out of this, out of this, out of this home... Will come out pastors, evangelists, prophets. That should be exciting. Out of this, this is what God has done. You know what blessed me today, man? I opened my eyes for a second because I like to keep my eyes closed. And I saw my brother laying right here on his face before the Lord. Now, you guys don't know, six months ago, he was on drugs every day. You guys just don't know. Like, that we prayed, my mom would call, and she was like, I don't know what to do. And we didn't know what to do but pray. Because sometimes there's nothing to do except believe the Lord. Like, there's nothing to do. And so, for me, my brother, even though he's my brother, it's a prophetic declaration of what abide is. Yes. That people would enter into his presence and be radically transformed and be set on fire for him. There is nothing else. There is nothing else. And so, for me, two services just gives me more opportunity to see that. I never would have thought that. me and We were talking day, I'm like, we're going to do ministry together for a long time. I never would have thought that, man, and I just want you to know that you, you coming and believing in what God's doing, it makes space for that, and it means the world to us that you would believe, people are like, people ask me, what are you guys doing, and I'm like, I have no idea, people ask us, they see, but they're driving by all the cars, what are you guys doing, I'm like, I have no idea, I just like, I pray God, please show up, and I just, I try to be, and God's like, I'm here, and I'm like, no, 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 I need you more, but, but we, we try to just, just honor him with everything we do. And for us, two services is not about what we see in the natural. It's about honoring God and what he says and being obedient to that. And so we're excited about what God is doing. And I just wanted to share all that as we give unto the Lord today because that's what's coming. Listen, we need your help, like we, not, just, not just financially, but if you're here, and you say, like, I can give more, we can use more. We need help with greeting, with parking team, with in the children's ministry. And if you're passionate about prayer, we prayed in that little room at about 10.05 and heaven fell. Am I lying? Nope. Heaven fell. Because he wants to come in, in greater measure. Amen? Amen? So take your seat in your hand. Take your seat in your hand. I want to pray, and we're going to go ahead, and we're going to bring it up. You know what? Can I get a couple guys to pass it today so we can keep it moving? Kenny, can you help boot? I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you for this, for this tithe and the offerings given today. We thank you for everything that you're doing in this house. We thank you for the opportunity to, to just sow into, into your kingdom, God. And we do it cheerfully, God. We love you. We love you. We love you so much. And we're so thankful for what you're doing at Abide. We just honor you with everything that we do with our lives, and we just lay it down. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Bless you as you give. How many of you, how many of you are excited about what's coming? Yeah. I have one. Can I give you one announcement? This Friday night, Bood, can you stand? This is my really good friend, Bood. Hey, Bood. Hey, Bood. Hey. He's like, it's like dude with a B. <laughs> this Friday night, I say this Friday. This Friday night here at the sanctuary, we're going to be having a class and he's going to be releasing. So a lot of you have been asking like, hey, I want to come. I want to go deeper. I want to experience. How many of you know we need to be taught the word of God? The Bible says that we need to learn to rightly divide the word of God. That means that we would come and we would open the word and it would speak to us and it would encourage us. It would pierce us and it would keep us from everything that would try to stray us from the message of Jesus. So on Friday night here at 6 o'clock, 7. That's why I have to look. At 7 o'clock, we're going to be gathering here, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be an impartation class. I want to encourage you. We're going to be having more. And we we are working very hard to help you guys grow in the Lord. Like practically how to hear God's voice, how to grow in the prophetic, how to open up your Bible and receive. I feel this passionately because, listen, it's important for us to know how to rightly approach the Lord. Yeah. Hear me. This, 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 this Christianity thing is not about us learning how to do Christianity better. Back in the, old, in the, in the, in the New Testament, when this first started, this wasn't even called Christianity. It was, this was called the way. <laughs> and there was only one way. And as the message went forward, you would see Paul say, hey, go back to the original truth because this is what happens in religion. We try to add on to the way. And we begin to add on so much that pretty soon we don't even know which way we're going. So last week I read a scripture to you in Revelations 2 where Paul was admonishing, he was admonishing the church and he was, he was giving them praise. I see all of the works that you do, that they are good. I see all of the things that you have done. But then he says, but I have this one thing against you. And the one thing that Paul had that the Lord had against that church is that they had lost their first love. They had run away, so so he's telling them, go back to the things you first did, and I feel that today for us as a church. Maybe you're here for the first time, you're like, I don't even know how to engage the Lord in that way. I would say to you, Christianity is not difficult. It is you walking with the Lord in communion with him. You say, well, how do I find him? Just turn around, he's there. The Lord is not this far off person that you have to chase or is hiding. He is pursuing you. And all we have to do is look away from all of the things that are distracting us and keep our eyes on him. The Bible says he is the author and the finisher of our faith, meaning he is wanting to do a work inside of us. He doesn't just start the story. He completes the story. And so one of the greatest things we have to be careful of. Listen, I felt it during worship today. One of the greatest traps of the enemy is to try to get you to look toward your circumstances or toward your opposition and take your eyes off of Jesus. Are you alive? To take your eyes off of Jesus and to become distracted or deterred. We sing songs about the holiness of God. You are holy. All the songs we sang. And you feel this this tension in the room because some people have an issue seeing God as holy because they see themselves as so unholy. So we sing songs about the holiness of God. What does holy mean? When we sing holy, it means that God is set apart. He is only. There is no one like him. The beautiful thing about this is the good news of the gospel. That we have, you read it in Hebrews. Therefore, come boldly into the throne room of God. That with boldness that we would know that we are, we can approach, why? Because we have a great high priest. Yes. His name is Jesus. And because of what Jesus did on a tree, we could boldly enter into his throne room. And we can, we can come in like we belong. That's why the first part of our church, we, we say we belong, we believe, we become. You don't belong because we set that atmosphere. You belong because Christ said you do. Yes. You said, well, 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 what do I have to do to belong? Nothing. You just be you and allow you to be loved by Jesus. You're like, well, what about repentance? Well, heck, yeah, we believe in repentance. But we believe that repentance is a result of seeing him. Oh, you want proof? Okay, good. We sing about it. Isaiah chapter 6. You know what's funny? I don't share with my wife my messages. And so I was sitting in the front, you know, and, and they start singing about, about Isaiah and holy. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Because I'm, re- I'm starting my sermon off of Isaiah 6 today. And it says this. It was in the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. This is Isaiah. He was sitting on a throne. And the train of his robe had filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim. This was an angel that was on fire. The, 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 the translation for a seraphim would be a burning one. So he saw this burning one. Each having six wings, with two wings they covered their face, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. It's amazing, but and this is what they were saying to each other: holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's army. And the whole earth, say the whole earth, the whole earth earth is filled with his glory. This is now. Whether you realize it or not, the world is filled with the glory of God. The moment that Jesus came. And the heavens were split open. The moment you read about when Jesus, God says, this is my son in who I am well pleased. The heavens were split open. And so now we live under open heavens. I know that the news tries to portray the world as this dark place. But even in Revelations 2, the repercussion for them not going back to first love was, I will remove your lampstand. What does that mean? Every church is given a lampstand and the lampstand has significance. It was that we would shine bright in darkness. That in the midst of everything that was going on around us, we would shine bright in your job, in your home, in your community. That you would be different. That you would shine and that your, your light would attract those around you. And so he sees, he sees the Lord. And he's seeing this going on and it said, their voices shook the temple to its foundation. And the building was filled with smoke. Another word for that is Shekinah. And then I said, Watch, I need you to see this. Watch his response. Then I said, It's all over. I am doomed, for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the king. And I feel this is such it's so much what happens in the church today. But I need you to see that this is not where Christianity stops. Super important. Because when all of us we come into the presence of God, the first thing we feel is I'm not worthy. And I would say to you today that that's a normal thing. When you come, I remember in 2008 when I first came into church and I first seriously had an encounter with God, out of my addiction, I felt this moment of deep, it was almost like sorrow. Oh my gosh, I'm not good. I felt that. It was like this, it's the beginning of repentance that you would come to the realization, I need a savior. I cannot do this on my own and I need someone. But that is not where this message stops. Once he came, and I came to the realization, I am unworthy, the very next thing that happens is, he made me clean. And so, Isaiah comes to this moment where he's like, I'm not worthy, I am unclean, and watch the very next thing. After he comes to that realization, a seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar. Huh, I can't even get into that. He touched my lips and he says, see, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed. Say it's gone. gone. Your sins are forgiven. And watch the very next thing. So he realizes his sin. He repents to the Lord. The burning one comes and makes him whole. And the very next thing he hears is this. Then I heard the Lord saying, whom shall I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? Something inside of Isaiah rose up. He went from instant shame, condemnation, and feeling like trash to saying, God, send me. Yes. And this is the gospel. This is what we're making space for. That people will realize, yes, when we come into the presence of God, there is something about his presence that we realize we need him. But once we encounter him, we are made whole. That's why the Bible says that there will come one that does not only baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with fire. Because the fire of the Holy Spirit comes and it begins to transform. The same way gold goes into fire and all of the impurities come out, that is what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in your life. Being baptized in fire is not about you rolling and shaking and somebody having to put a sheet on you. That's not it. Being baptized in fire is that every day we would come into his presence and we would say, God, like David said, search my heart, oh God. If there's anything in me that is not from you, and then the Lord comes. And he doesn't shame you, he doesn't guilt you, he comes and he goes, hey bro, what about that? Like, oh no bro, I like that, that, that makes me feel good. He's like, I I, I've, been, I've been doing that for years. He's like, yeah, yeah, but it's not sin. He's like, I don't care, it's not helping you become more like Jesus This is the progression of the Christian life and this is why people become so stuck because some of you you've been coming to church year after year day after day week after week and you approach the Lord as someone who is unworthy. And the revelation you need today is to realize why do you need this revelation because the last thing I would ever want to happen in this church is people would walk in and we would be portraying this message of unworthiness. What does that mean? What are we doing? We are robbing Jesus of his full glory. Yes. Well, Gio, like, why don't you preach about sin more? Because I'm here to preach what Jesus paid for. Yes. Listen, there was a whole half of Bible that talked about the power of sin. If you want to become familiar with it, read it. But I am here to talk to you about the new covenants. Yes. That you would be motivated by love. You say, well, Love is such a better motivator than shame. It is such a better motivator. And, and the shift happens. This, some of you are stuck. I was telling our team, as we move with the Lord and we progress, some of you are going to you're gonna have to break off the old way of thinking. And I want to say this to you today. You're going to have to break off the old way of thinking and the way you think God wants to move. Maybe you've never been in church. You're like, I just don't know. Listen, Christianity is step by step by step. And to be honest with you, some of the people that I have to pray for the most are the the ones that have been in church the longest. That you would allow the Lord to to break down the hardness of that heart and that you would approach his mountain with, with a pure heart and that you would allow him to say, like Moses said, God, if you don't go, I don't want to go. Why did he say that in Exodus? Exodus 30. He said, God, if you don't go, I don't want to go. And he says, because if I go and you don't go, your presence is the only thing. Say it's the only thing. The only thing. Your presence is the only thing that sets us apart. Moses came to the revelation that without God, he was just nothing. You say, well, I don't believe that. Like, I'm alone. Listen, without God, you are nothing. The reason that you can come and that you can accomplish more, like like at this church, when, when I read the scripture, I'm trying to do more than you think, ask, or imagine. This is what's happening. I'm like, I didn't even imagine this, that we're pulling out chairs and people are sitting and there's all kinds of chaos going on. But at the same time, the realization is without him, we would have nothing. We couldn't manufacture this, and this is what we have to come to the realization is. Maybe some of you are here, and you're like, well, I just don't have a lot to offer. I would say to you, your little bit in the hands of God is a lot. Yes. I'm serious. You need to catch this, because some of us, we, we, okay, we have this Isaiah 6 moment. I come to the Lord, and he has cleansed me, and then you hear the Lord say, whom shall I send? And you're like, well, going to have to send booed. But this is an invitation for every single one of us. Yes, yes. That we are called to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper. It's like, why did he, why did he send Jesus to destroy the work of the enemy? That is what you're called for. Yes. We're like, well, where do I do it? Bro, go to Walmart. There's lots of work of the enemy at Walmart. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But sometimes we make we make Christianity so complicated when really like all throughout the Bible, Moses has this encounter with God. He sees a burning bush and God speaks to him from the bush and he he calls him to this impossible task that is to overthrow and free people that had been captive for 400 years. So if I'm Moses, I'm having this encounter with the Lord and I'm like, all right, God, I accept. But you're going to have to do some supernatural ninja stuff And so he's like, how am I going to do it? And the Lord's like, that stick in your hand? That's what I'm going to use. Now, I thought Moses, I'm like, bro, I've been carrying this stick for 15 years. I know the capability of this stick. And this is the Christian life. That we would look at ourselves and we're like, how can I really do that with this? Jesus looks at Philip and he sees they're with the multitudes. And he looks at him and there's hungry people everywhere. The Bible says there was 5,000 just men. You gotta have a lot of food to feed five thousand just men. Yeah. He looks at Philip and he goes, "How are we gonna feed all these people?" And Philip goes into full natural, like, "Well, if, even if we work for a year, we wouldn't be able to feed all these people." <laughs> and somebody comes up and he says, "Hey, what about my five fish and two five loaves and two fish?" And Jesus takes it, he breaks it, and he multiplies it. And the Bible says this. When everybody ate and was fully satisfied, because that's what happens in the presence of God, you are fully satisfied. Jesus says, collect everything that is left over, because in my presence, nothing will be wasted. Some of us today, we look at what we have, and I would say to you, listen, listen, there is enormous potential in small beginnings. There is enormous potential in you taking what little bit of finances, what little bit of resources, what little bit of time, and you saying, God, this may be everything I have, but I give it to you. And what happens when you do this? When you do this, your story becomes his story. And you begin to see things happening in your life that you never thought were possible. And as you go with the Lord, you begin to pray prayers like, Moses, God, if you don't go, I don't want to go. I don't want to depart from your presence. I want to go, the Lord said to me today, as I was praying in that back room, there are depths in me that you haven't even experienced yet. This is not for Gio, this is for our body. That we would move beyond the religious routine of coming to church and singing a song and, How are you, brother? I am blessed and highly favored, but I hate my life. All of this bullcrap that we experience, that we would move past that. Yeah. And we would be able to have a real and genuine experience with him. I had a dream. I have a dream now. I almost started rapping. Some of you would walk out. Y'all aren't ready for that yet. I had a dream and in the dream I was walking through those back doors. And when I was walking through the back doors, um, the sanctuary was full, similar to now. And worship was happening, and you can just feel, as as is often on a Sunday morning, um, God moving in just an an amazing way. And and I stood up on stage, and as I stood up on stage, people started to, to literally bow. Like, literally, they were bowing down. And there was this reverential, like, I don't even know how to explain it. Thing that was happening to the body where the Lord, he was, he was breaking down and he was building up. I don't know if you understand that. Like some of us, we've become trapped. We've become trapped in the cycle of life. And I don't know how else to say this to you except just to say it, the American dream will never satisfy your soul. There's no amount of money. There's no amount of social status. There's no amount of Facebook likes or Instagram likes. All of it's a bunch of garbage. There's no amount of it. The only thing that will satisfy is that we get to the place in our lives where when God comes, we rightly respond. That we would know that we are fully engaged with what God wants for our life. For some of you, man, I just want to say this. Your, your, Your experience of God does not have to look like anybody else's. Some of you are just called in this season to be amazing parents. And I just want to say to you, that is one of the most amazing callings that there is. You're not just raising kids, you're raising up world changers. The way you raise your kids, I have to think about that with my son. My son is, some of y'all know, that man is a leader. That's the best way to say it. He's a leader. And there are times where, where this, is, this is the truth, man, where there's a temptation to want to break that will. Like, I will break you. <laughs> but I have to be reminded, and we all do, that we're raising up the next generation of Jesus lovers. Yes. I'm not raising up a pastor. I'm not raising up a prophet. I'm, not raising, I'm raising up the next generation of Jesus lover. Yes. And the way I love him will inevitably affect the way he knows the Lord. Yes. So all this to say no matter where you are, God is pursuing you. He's pursuing us as a church. And he's saying, will you climb the mountain? Will you go up higher? There is a place on the mountain. Listen, as you climb mountains, you'll find that there are snakes everywhere. But there is a place in the mountain that is called, it's above the snake line. The snakes just simply can't survive in that place. And as we're walking with the Lord, there is a temptation for us to go lower, like, oh no, retreat, go back. But I'm just saying, if you were to just pull up and go higher, there's a place in the Lord that all of that stuff just becomes irrelevant. Where you simply, like your heart really says, take the world, but give me Jesus. And you mean it. You mean it. I, I say it to the Lord all the time. And our leaders know. If the Lord has to break me down to 20 people in a room to just love him well, I'll do it. Yes. I'll go down the road with 20 people and I'll love him as best I can. Yes. Because I want him. And, and, and I pray today that that would be the prayer for every single person in this church. That you, you would get to the place and it's possible. David said this. My heart and my flesh cry out. Like the very thing that a lot of the Bible says is evil and wicked, there's a place in the Lord by abiding. Or even the very things the enemy wants to use for evil, it turns for good. And you begin to crave to be in his presence. Christianity is the only, the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Meaning, the way that we wage warfare, we are, it is a war, but it's not the way the world wars. Yeah. Right. So people come into this and like, oh, I'm ready, I'm ready to battle the devil. That's not how we do this. The way we achieve victory and success is by resting. By abiding and by knowing. So when the Bible says, you're like, well, how do I know God? The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Like, stop striving. Stop like, some of you like, oh, I'm going to go on a 40-day fast. No, you're on a hunger strike. Because if it's not unto the Lord, you might as well go eat chicken wings. I'm going to go get chicken wings in about 10 minutes. <laughs> the dynamics of our church are changing for the better. People are going to be equipped. People are going to be launched out. And I just want to say this publicly from the stage. This church is not a place with a closed hand. We believe that there are people who God's going to send us to be launched out. And so this week, I had a friend who messaged me, and he's like, hey, man, I just want to let you know, I follow what you're doing. He's a pastor up north. And he's like, I was just so shocked. He's like, and I just want to let you know, there are pastors here in Maryland who are watching what you guys are doing. Because, because God is wanting to use what's happening at Abide, and for it to be more than Abide. So, some of you are like, Well, I'm asking you to give of yourself. We want your time, talent, and money. We want your resources because we believe that this is worth investing in. That God has given us a dream. And here's the truth we all get to be a part of something that is bigger than us. Yes. Right? Yes. That together we all get to make an impact. And I believe that this place, this community, will be a place where people come to be lit on fire for Jesus. Yes. Yes. I'm serious. The people that God has sent here, if you look at our leadership, it's a, it's a weird bunch. <laughs> it's a weird bunch of people. I'm like, whoa, man, like people who were in jail and people who like, I don't know, they, they say cuss word. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I wanna, can we pray together? I want us to pray together into this next season. So if you want to stand with me. You guys feel good? I want today to be about um, about a decision, right? The only way, listen to me just really quickly. The only way this doesn't work, the only way this doesn't work is if we allow the enemy to come from within and divide. It's the only way. So my prayer for this next season is that every single one of us would keep Jesus at the forefront and that we would be centered in love. I'm saying this to me. Church doesn't have to look the way you think it does. There have been times where the Lord has told me to do something from this pulpit and I'm like, I don't want to do that. I'm like, that just seems stupid. And it has been the very thing that has kept people cemented in this church. Because you never know what God is doing in someone's heart, amen? Amen. So let's grab the hand of the person next to us. I want us to pray really quick together in unity for this next season. And can you just pray with me and believe for souls? For real. Like pray with me, not church attendees, but souls lit on fire for the kingdom. So Father, right now in Jesus' name, we pray for every single person in this community and in the surrounding communities, God. And we just say, we call them home right now in Jesus' name. God, even if it's not abide, God, we pray for every surrounding church and we pray for an outpouring of your presence like never before, God. That you would become the cornerstone and the center, God, and that you would use us, God, to be a part of what you're doing in this community, Lord. Set our hearts on fire for you, God. Help us to go to new depths, to new places with you, Lord, and that your presence would keep us, that your Shekinah glory would come, and that it would rest upon your people, God. That we would have a heart like Moses, God. If you don't go, we don't go. We just want to stay where you are, God. And so we say, Lord, have your way. Keep us. Preserve us, God. And we pray for a fresh fire over every single person as you go. Not just in church, but as you go, that the fire of God would go with you. We speak hope and encouragement and joy and peace over you. In the name of Jesus. And we say that abide and that Lithia would be a town lit on fire for Jesus. We speak that right now. That this community would be a place that is ablaze. God, the same way you did it in 1906 and all the different revivals, God, that your presence would come so tangibly that it would be undeniable. That we would be a people that would fall in love with your word. I speak that over you right now. That you wouldn't fall in love with his word. That he would take you back to the basics. And that the basics would be enough. In the mighty name of Jesus, say amen.